This is IAQ Radio, Indoor Air Quality Radio, the voice of the indoor air quality industry, with your hosts, Radio Joe Hughes and the Z-Man, Cliff Zlotnick. And now, Radio Joe Hughes. Good day and welcome to IAQ Radio Plus. It's episode 716, and this week we welcome Paul Donald, CEO of Encircle, Inc., Today, we're going to talk about the state of software integration and best practices for estimating and documentation in the property restoration and insurance damage repair industry. Before we get started, let's thank our sponsors. They're the reason we can continue doing the show. And don't forget about afterthoughts.iaqradio.com, sponsored by First On Site, for continuing discussion after the show. IAQ Radio Plus Marquee Sponsor is First On Site Property Restoration at firstonsite.com. IAQ Radio Association sponsors are ACGIH, the American Conference of Governmental Industrial Hygienists at acgih.org. AIHA, the American Industrial Hygiene Association at aiha.org. IICRC, the Institute for Inspection, Cleaning, and Restoration Certification at iicrc.org. The Restoration Industry Association, RIA, at restorationindustry.org. The Environmental Information Association, EIA, at eia-usa.org. IAQ Radio Industry Sponsors are Particles Plus, at particlesplus.com. TSI Inc., at tsi.com. Tramex Meters, at tramxmeters.com and Healthy Indoors Magazine at healthyindoors.com And now you can win a cool prize. It's time for the IAQ Radio Trivia Question. Be the first to correctly answer. Simply email your answer to czlotnick at cs.com or if listening live just text your answer from your computer. And now here's the Z-Man Hello, everybody. Congratulations go out to John Corliss, Peer Consultants in Washington, D.C., who was first to identify November 10, 1775 as the date the United States Marine Corps was founded in Tun's Tavern in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. Here's today's IAQ radio trivia question. Name the author of a 1950 paper who discussed how to build intelligent machines and how to test their intelligence. Back to you, Joe. Okay, so today we have Paul Donald. He's the CEO and co-founder of Encircle, Inc. He's got over 25 years of experience as an entrepreneur and technology executive. He co-founded the Encircle app, created a new standard that defines how property loss information is gathered, assessed, and reported when disaster strikes. Welcome, Paul. Great to see you. Thank you. Thank you for having me on the show. This is a real privilege. We, uh, we, you know, we, we've heard a lot about this in Circle, which seems to be uh, very popular today in the restoration world. What is the app, first of all, and um, why was it developed? Well, first of all, I hope it becomes even more popular. I'm never <laughs> satisfied, so uh, thank you for the compliment. Uh, it was developed, so if, if I go back, uh, you know, I, I've been in technology for actually over 30 years uh, um, but I don't like to say that. I'll keep 25. I, I feel too old. Uh, but I was at BlackBerry for a decade. Uh, after that, worked on some technology that Google came and acquired. And really, it's about you know capturing information, making information easily accessible, 
and instantly digestible for decision making. Uh, back at BlackRiver, we used to say you could be on the golf course uh, emailing and nobody would know about it, but you could answer everybody's questions and feel fulfilled at the end of the day. Uh, go into this space and you know, I love the restoration and indoor air quality uh, sector because it's really actually quite complex. People oversimplify this industry, and yet there's a lot, a ton of building sciences, as both you know, you, uh, Cliff, and Joe know, and you have to apply that as you're doing the job. So how do you not only apply the sciences, but then how do you prove it through documentation? And that was the genesis of Encircle. Cliff, let me turn it over to you. Yeah, how did we get onto your radar, Paul? I mean, how did you find us? Did you have a loss in your house or <laughs> know yeah. somebody in the business or, or what? Great question. Uh, when I was at uh, uh, BlackBerry, a friend of mine was building property management, or sorry, uh, policy management and claim management systems for the insurance industry. And of course, at BlackBerry, the insurance industry was a big buyer of our products. Uh, so I got some... Uh, an introduction into the industry and really learned that they're just financial institutions managing risk, that there's all of these service providers that they rely upon to fulfill obligations. And yet those service providers needed to provide what I, I considered a ridiculous amount of documentation in order to get paid and fulfill their obligations to the insurance company. So here's a complex ecosystem that really needed technology to bring everybody on a level playing field in terms of understanding and compliance. You know, Paul, I, I, I looked at um, some demo kind of things, and I saw that you can uh, do like a, a, a diagram of a building pretty easily using Encircle. Was that the first, like, development that you put together, and, and what else have you done since then? Well, let me take you back to the beginning in 2012. Uh, when we're looking at this complex industry, the question was, where do you start? There's problems at the policyholder. There's problems at the restoration contractor. There's problems at the adjuster level, the indoor air quality uh, assessors. Uh, it, it was across the industry. There was It was so fragmented, and they're all talking past each other. Uh, so when you create this platform, it's like, well, who's going to be my first user? Because you need a first user. And... What we did is we went out and we created a uh, field documentation platform for policyholders to document contents in a structure when they had a claim or, or even pre-loss. And really, that was just a test. Could we make it easy enough to use for a homeowner who's not getting paid to do it, who probably doesn't like it, and they're not administrative nature? If we can make it a great experience, that was our initial test bed. Then it was, well, where's the next uh, uh, industry that would adopt it? And we tested across, uh, you know, the restoration contractors, adjusters, independent adjusters, uh, reviewers, and it turned out to be restoration contractors uh, really had the need and started that adoption curve. Cliff? Yeah, what sort of equipment do people need to operate the app and, uh, you, know, utilize, you know, share the app through their company and uh, share it with insurance carriers and adjusters and TPAs yep. or whoever else they have to share it with? Great question. So number one, we're mobile first. And the reason being is that our belief was the smartphone is what everybody has in their pocket. Every single one of us has. Uh, and at BlackBerry, that was our goal. But 
once I, you know, we went and we, we, we were creating in circle, it was, this is going to progress faster than any other piece of technology that we all have access to. And if you look at the cameras and, and what they're capable of, it wasn't worth uh, moving into third-party pieces of equipment. They're certainly valuable and we want to tie into it through APIs. But the whole idea around Encircle was everything could, could be done and captured using a smartphone. And then anybody could review it using a smartphone, a tablet, or a computer. And we had to keep it simple so that we're no what we call foot guns, where I get into a situation and, oh, it can't be used. Well, I, okay, so let me let me try and I'm not a user, so I, I need to kind of get a, get a ground perspective on this. And I, I have a little construction company, too. And one of the things that I thought was interesting was that, you know, you could get these floor plans developed. And is that just off of photos or do I have to do a video and or a photo to get the floor plan developed? Yeah, so uh, photos and videos are a core tenant within our, our app uh, and, and easily uh, leverageable through any smartphone. So for the floor plan, it's literally a click up, hit the floor plan button within a job and it opens up your camera to a video session. And then you just walk the perimeter uh, in and out of each room uh, just at a normal pace, keeping your phone at a 45 degree angle. You don't even have to look at the screen. In fact, what people say is I can be talking with the policyholder as we walk through the property and it's capturing uh, all of the, uh, the, the dimensions. What people don't realize is that your camera on your phone is capturing an 11 foot span. And so that's higher than most walls and wider than a lot of rooms in a house. And so you don't have to walk close to the walls if you're within five or 11 feet and you're walking around, even if there's uh, debris or, or, or contents in front of it, it's still going to capture a part of the wall and part of the floor because of that aperture. And, uh, and that's what makes it fast. The average house is three minutes to scan. And then just real quick, going back to the start, the contents part, it was it the same thing that the owner would go through the home and then just take photos or video of their contents and, the app would then um, develop a list of the contents? Yeah. In fact, we made it even easier when we started out, and this is still the, the case within our app because restoration contractors use in circle for documenting contents. But it was if you take room photos left to right around the room, which is pretty standard, from the photos, either on mobile or on your computer, you could just tap the contents out. So literally just tap the touch screen and the contents would segment it out. Now, you'd have to add details to each one. You could use voice to text, which every phone supports, or you could add it in by typing it in. Uh, and of course, AI is helping that model progress way, uh, you know, quite ahead from what we used to do. But the idea was it takes a couple seconds to take pictures of the room and a couple seconds to tap out all the contents. And if you want to add the details later, you can, because we both know that when you have a, a, an unclement environment that may smell. It may There may be conditions that you don't want to stay in there and, and type on your phone. So we yeah. allow you the flexibility to move in and out. Okay. Cliff? Yeah. Um, I'm trying to figure out, like, what the age barrier, barrier is for this. I mean, this kind of, you know, blows my mind. I've been in the restoration industry since uh, the early 1970s. And, you know, that was before cell phones. And I used to carry around this big portable phone that had a battery. And 
Uh, I remember those. Yeah, it's and, and so on and so forth. So you know, to me, it's just like mind-boggling. Is there some sort of age barrier where you know people underneath this age get it, and you know people my age don't? Or you know, early on, we definitely had that. But what we did was we really focused on those uh, individuals that felt that they couldn't learn it because of age. Mm-hmm. And the benefits of them were so great that they really latched on and they tended to be the front runners on using the technology. Uh, and then the, the younger ones came on because they had the experience, right? They had the knowledge of how do I mitigate this loss? Uh, and then being able to convert that knowledge, especially voice to text. Once we showed the older ones how to use voice to text to really detail, to, to bring their knowledge in their head to the actual text in the report was was just a brilliant uh, experience for them. If I could follow up, um, you know, one of the things that I guess always happens is at some point Murphy's Law, you know, comes into effect. You know, Canada, you know, you, you guys have, small population compared to the size of the geography, you know, that's there. Yeah. And it would seem to me that, you know, some places where stores are going to go out, there may be uh, inclement weather, there may be mountains, the loss may be in a valley, uh, there may not be cell towers and, 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 and so on and so forth. So um, I guess Murphy's law can, can come into play. How do you know that you've kind of captured everything and then uh, how do you kind of prevent it from crashing and you lose everything and and you're not on site so that you can kind of put it back in that's a great question and it's a really tough problem to solve in a dynamic environment where you may have three people working on the site working in the same job in in circle documenting contents or documenting uh, so the things that we document are cause of loss resulting damages work that needs to be done contents that needs to be restored, contents that needs to be disposed of. And so the platform has to work offline. So everybody has to be able to still do their job. And then when you have a network connection, everything just syncs and magically merges based on timestamps, who captured the information in what area of the structure. So the way we, we, we split up the structure is you've got buildings, a building or multiple structures, Inside structures, you have rooms. Inside rooms, you have uh, either cause of loss, resulting damages, work that needs to be done, contents that needs to be packed out. So we design the the architecture to match the building, which gives us a leg up on then when you're offline, how do you merge everything back? Paul, I wonder if you could talk to us a little bit about the the hydro program and what that does for those that aren't, you know, in the restoration industry, I'm, I'm sure a lot of restoration people are more familiar with it. But um, how do you work on, you know, documenting like moisture mapping type thing? Is that something that the, the app does? Yeah, absolutely. And, and what we wanted to, the, the, the design goal behind it, and by the way, this is the most costly, difficult part of the Encircle platform that we had to build. Uh, anybody who has, is not knowledgeable about this industry Water damage uh, restoration and mitigation is not easy to document. So, you know, obviously we've got the S500. We had to be S500 compliant. We had to be able to work with any skill level. So you're almost educating in the workflow. And then, of course, uh, bringing in your moisture map. Now with our 
uh, encircle floor plan, you can just bring in the actual floor plan, but we give the ability to hand, you know, tap it out on a, on a floor plan screen, which with a grid, like you would on a, with a pen and uh, paper or uh, pull in the uh, document. And then of course you can start applying equipment, but before you apply equipment, you want to calculate how much equipment I need based on the S500. So all of that is built right into uh, Encircle Hydro with a really nice uh, workflow. So uh, let me let me try and figure So if I've got a moisture meter and I'm trying to figure out, okay, the, the extent of the moisture damage, do you somehow, how do you like take those measurements from my meter and get them onto the app? Yeah, right now uh, they can take a picture of the meter or they can physically type it in uh, to the app. So you're basically marking a moisture point. You're uh, choosing what type of material or multiple pieces of materials that I'm uh, measuring at this moisture point, or or maybe it's you're uh, doing a reading on a piece of equipment. You're you're selecting that and then adding the reading, which you can add through taking a photo or physically entering it. Long term, we're looking at Bluetooth. And we're looking at uh, remote monitoring. These are both key capabilities. But before you move there, our belief was you had to build a platform that anybody can use under any circumstance, even when they're Bluetooth, they can't get their, their phone connected to uh, their Bluetooth meter, they, the remote monitoring isn't working. You still need the basic skills of being able to enter the data, and it has to be easy. Cliff, if I could, fo- yeah, if I could follow up. You know, uh, one of one of my concerns is it really isn't with your your program. It, it it's really with S five hundred, and you know, one of the things about S five hundred is it kind of is dictatorial in terms of not giving the restorer a lot of flexibility or options. It, you know, there's one way, and it's kind of what's outlined in the S five hundred. So how can I deviate from that, you know, if I'm using it? Let's say that I have a client that has special needs. Uh, let's say that uh, I have a situation where uh, I really need to deviate from S500. And although S500 says you can deviate, um, mm-hmm. I'm not necessarily sure that it's easy. So, um, you know, if, if we could chat about that a little bit, I would appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. So you have complete flexibility of how you want to manage your job and document it in Circle. And what we recommend is that you're using the notes function on each reading or on each piece of equipment that describes why. Uh, I talk to contractors and adjusters about the nuances, all, all of the various nuances that can impact how a restorer actually performs the job. And if you explain that up front, and that's why I'm a big fan of, uh, of video narrations, and we can talk about that after, but um, you need to explain why you're taking these actions because a lot of people will just say, well, based on the S500 or based on the last job that I adjusted, this is what you should have done. Well, no, here are all the other circumstances that need to be applied to understand why we took this approach. If that makes clip, uh, sense, Cliff, because we give them the flexibility to do the job right. No, no, it, it, it makes total sense. And, and that's, you know, I think it's perfect in, in terms of what you're doing, because I think a lot of times, uh, you know, if they're putting it into Xactimate, you only have so many words and so many lines and so many codes and, and so on and so forth. And, you know, when they could, you know, I, I looked at the, 
um, you know, on your website, uh, I'm sorry, it wasn't on the website. You sent us a situation that, that dealt with a fire project and uh, had someone kind of walking through it. Then on your website, uh, you had another example, which I believe was a water loss. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, I could see where uh, having the ability to, to um, you know, talk it out and explain you know, this is really important and, and why and what we need to do and why we need to deviate. But yeah. Yeah. From the very beginning, we supported, you know, photos, videos, notes, and sketch, mm-hmm. and then photos for contents. But the video part, the explanation in the video, the video the narration is just so critical because it explains why we did the job the way we did. And when there's a reviewer or an adjuster, it's actually proven they're getting to yes faster and less back and forth. It's like, oh, well, that makes sense based on now the photos that I'm seeing. And then, of course, your moisture report. Okay, go ahead, check. Uh, without that explanation, if you just have even a 3D walkthrough or just photos, there's so many assumptions that need to be made. Like, just think about how many assumptions if all you're looking at is a static you know, walkthrough or video. Uh, versus, and you know, you can't smell, you can't experience, you can't see what's on my truck, or all of the things that come into play of how I'm going to mitigate this loss. But if you oh. can explain it, much better. No, absolutely, Joe. Well, I'm, I'm curious about one of the potential um, glitches that could come up. Restoration projects are oftentimes very loud. You've got dehumidifiers running. You've got these blowers going. You've got, you know, people in there doing work, pulling stuff up. And I'm trying to figure out, okay, if there's if I'm I'm out there and I'm shooting a video of that and I'm narrating to the video, does that cause you problems? Uh, so if you look at the, the Bluetooth headsets now, they have amazing noise cancellation. Okay. And so... And most people have Bluetooth headsets for their for their phone. If you're going to shoot the video, that's what I highly recommend is that you're using a Bluetooth headset with uh, uh, noise cancellation. Okay, that that would seem important. Um, all right, so we can we can do the uh, the inventory. We can do the mapping. We can then follow the project along. Um, what else? What other capabilities? does the app have that we have not talked about yet? Yeah, the flexibility on both reporting and your uh, form. So all of your legal documents, uh, the whole idea was that it's an all-in-one platform for the field teams uh, to collect information, ensure that legal documents are signed and that all of the reports are are generated uh, and that the content has (laughs) referenceable data that proves its integrity. So timestamps, who captured the information and geolocates where the information was captured. All of that is important because with the insurance company, again, they're they're the largest buyers of contextualized data. They just review data. They're not going to go out on site for the most part and, and analyze the site. They're relying upon the data to make decisions. And if the data is incomplete or doesn't stand up to their scrutiny, they just push back and that's the right they have under agreement. So the whole idea behind in circle was you could capture with photos, videos, notes, sketches, uh, and reports, easy single click report as you're still on site. 
that information can be conveyed uh, to all of the constituents, whether it's a reviewer or an adjuster, or even the claim admin at the office. So the, the data is really important. And you'll hear us talk more and more about data is gold. So they often talk about, you know, reporting in order to get paid. Restorers primarily have to think about data to drive efficiency in their own organization uh, because or insurance companies don't want to pay for inefficiency anymore. So it's a complete uh, field documentation tool. And the first step that a, in, uh, in a, a restoration contractor should do with that data is say, do I have the right people on the right jobs operating in the right manner to drive profitability? And then second, yes, I have everything I need to get paid. Let's uh, generate our, our invoice and uh, let's move on to the next job. So you have your own um, contract documents within the app, or if a, a restoration contractor has their own, let's say they bought the Ed Cross documents or something like that, you can put either one into the app? That's correct. And so we've got all of Ed Cross's documents in the app. He's been a big supporter in helping us ensure restoration contractors are properly covered. So whatever uh, legal documents and forms a contractor has, and anytime they've got updates, we'll implement that for them. So how do you update those um, documents into the app? Do they like send a, well, you tell me. Yep. <laughs> I'm not sure. they, they just literally send a copy of it or a copy of the update. And uh, we programmed it into the app. Uh, our whole goal was to make it easy for the field teams to use. So we don't pull up the whole document when you go to sign and fill it out. We make it really easy to use in the field. So we actually have to program these updates in. And then the output is the complete document. So uh, there's, a, there's a real science to building mobile apps for tactile-oriented people. So Restoration contractors are hammer and nails, tactile-oriented individuals. They can navigate complex situations visually, um, but what you can't do is stick a spreadsheet in front of them because then their eyes gloss over. And so we've designed the interface, which includes their, their, their legal documents in a way that's easy for them to review uh, on-site because you know there, there's so many conditions, weather, smell, uh, uh, lighting, that can affect your ability to comprehend data. So how does the customer look at these documents? I mean, does the, they have to try and read a full document on somebody's phone or, or do you give them a paper copy too, or you send it to them? How does that work? Yeah. So we've got a link feature. So number one, uh, you can link the policyholder in just by putting the policyholder's email or phone number. They can review it. They can sign it remotely on their phone or on their computer, or they can sign it on your device. If you hand it over to them, they can do a signature on it. So the review can happen ahead of time uh, by just forwarding the document to the policyholder. Um, that can be done at the point of uh, first notice of loss with the uh, claim admin, whoever's handling the claim at the restoration contractor, even before the, the, the project manager gets on site they can already have access to the document to review. And then when the PM gets there, hands over his phone or the policyholder can sign it remotely. So we, we give you lots of flexibility there. Okay. Cliff, let's get one more in before halftime if you can. Yeah, we could. Um, this is uh, one of the things that 
I hear from restoration contractors is that new technology ends up being weaponized by insurance companies and third-party administrators and public adjusters and so on and so forth against contractors. And if you could just kind of comment, I guess, on that in general, and then with uh, your particular application in particular. Yeah, so it's it's not possible to weaponize it in Circle because we're a documentation platform, which basically exposes the facts. Okay. And so the whole idea is creating transparency between everyone, but we're not an estimating platform. So we push data into Xactimate and we will be uh, pushing data into CoreLogic and uh, uh, TNM Pro, uh, but we are not those systems that then uh, have carrier rules. But we will expose carrier rules through our system to say, hey, just so you know, here's the carrier rule. Uh, we don't today, but that's uh, that's in the works uh, so that it's guiding them as to when I'm documenting or creating a scope sheet. So we have scope sheets in our, our platform that align to the Xactimate code. So I can actually be building my scope based on details in the field. And what you'll eventually see is, hey, you're working for this carrier this is their rule around uh, this component, whether it's the two foot flood cut, whether it's two coats of paint, what have you, they'll be alerted to it. Now, they may decide to move forward and just add a note. Hey, I've decided to do this. I know this is the carrier rule, but this is what has to be done on this site. Are the carriers trying to influence you, uh, you know, in, in any uh, uncomfortable way? You know what? No, we we haven't had it. One of the what the carriers really appreciate is the level of transparency, and especially with the video narration, they really appreciate the level of transparency and details. And I think I shared a, an actual video with you. Um, it, it's it, it's the facts on site. Here's my Tramex moisture meter. Look at the reading. It's in the video. Uh, that that's pretty hard to to embellish or, uh, uh, yeah. Well, yeah, it it is, unless there's someone, you know, six feet, you know, six feet in front of you, you know, with a spray bottle, (laughs) you know, they're spraying (laughs) the wall or whatever. That's true. You're going to check that place. But no, I, I agree that, uh, pretty good. Joe. And what I've always said to my team is we have to make it easier for everybody in the claim ecosystem to be honest Make it easier to be honest than dishonest. And I believe that laziness, for lack of a better word, trumps creativeness on uh, on fraud. But All right, let's go to halftime. We'll be back for the second half of our interview with Paul Donald, the CEO and co-founder of Encircle, Inc. Our marquee sponsor is First On Site, your trusted, full-service disaster recovery and property restoration company at firstonsite.com. Association sponsors are ACGIH, Advancing Careers of Professionals in Environmental Health, Industrial Hygiene, and Safety, Interested in Defining Their Science, ACGIH.org, AIHA, Healthy Workplaces, A Healthier World, AIHA.org, The Environmental Information Association, EIA's Multidisciplinary Membership, collects, generates, and disseminates information concerning environmental and occupational health hazards in the built environment at eia-usa.org. 
the IICRC, a nonprofit standards development and certifying body for the cleaning and restoration industry, IICRC.org. The Restoration Industry Association, the oldest and largest nonprofit professional trade association dedicated to providing leadership and promoting best practices through advocacy, standards, and professional qualifications for the restoration industry at restorationindustry.org. Industry sponsors are Particles Plus, feature-rich particle counters and air quality instrumentation. Count on us, particlesplus.com. TSI Inc., an industry leader in precision instrumentation for monitoring indoor air. Learn how to expand your IAQ investigations, tsi.com. Tramex Meters, developing modern dynamic moisture meters and humidity monitoring systems since 1974, tramexmeters.com. And Healthy Indoors Magazine, a free online magazine for industry professionals and consumers, healthyindoors.com. All right, we're back with the second half of our interview. We've got Paul Donald from Encircle Inc. Paul, I, there's a text question here I thought I'd jump on. Um, it's saying that many contractors now have billing departments that proof the documentation before presenting it to carriers. One of the difficulties of the process is communication between, I think that's the project manager and the billing department. Do you have any suggestions on how to solve or enhance this problem? Yeah, that, that is the inherent problem that uh, Encircle set out to solve is uh, you've got somebody who understands the uh, uh, the workflow that needs to be followed because they're the ones generating the report, oftentimes a claim admin. And then you've got the PM in the field who is like, you want me to fix this job or not? You want me to spend all my time documenting? So how do you bridge that? Uh, and within Encircle, um, we've got uh, uh, a customizable notes where you can, uh, the, the claim admin or the uh, admin in Circle can set up uh, note templates that need to be filled out in the field. Uh, but a lot of it is really training the field uh, technicians and PMs on why it's so important that we document. And it's not that hard. You're talking about documenting cause of loss. Here's how many photos we need of the cause of loss. Here's the note uh, type we need on the cause of loss. Here's the resulting damages. And then here's the work that needs to be progressed on. And then if you follow that up with a two-minute video and you get them to describe the cause of loss, the resulting damages, and the work that needs to be done in a two-minute video, you kind of enforce that workflow and, and reinforce it and can actually follow up because you, you can watch the video and see, do they understand what they're talking about. Are they assessing this job properly? So it gives you a perfect coaching opportunity. Um, that has proven to be the best tool to get compliance between the field uh, technicians and PMs and the claim admins. You know, I, I just want to follow up on that real quick, Cliff, and then I'll turn it over to you. I was on uh, Facebook, one of the restoration chat room kind of things, you know, and somebody was talking about uh, should they use in circle or not? And then people were going back and forth. And the thing that I, I was impressed by was most of the people who responded said, um, for this particular issue you're having, in this case, it was, um, I, I don't remember exactly. Oh, it was um, the, the floor plans were a little bit off, not quite, you know, perfect. They said, mm -hmm. talk to the, talk to their um, 
their education group there because they will walk you through it and make sure that um, you get it right, that, that whatever your issue is, they're really good at responding and getting it right for you. So how many people do you have doing that type of thing? Uh, uh, there's 13 people. So we have customer success managers, uh, which there's six of, and then the rest are in our support organization. You will always find somebody to pick up a phone at Encircle. We, we, you know, the way we looked at it was restorers are expected to go out no matter what and interact with the policyholder. We need to be there for them. Like they, they're emergency first responders that aren't going to want to just uh, talk to a chat bot or email. So while we do have a chat bot on our website, you can call us and we're there to, to assist. And then, of course, we've got our Encircle U uh, that all of our customers could take advantage of to do free training. And some of our trainings uh, come with ISCRC credits, which is an added bonus. Interesting. Cliff? You know, significant effort. And as you said, um, most of the development cost was really uh, spent on putting this water damage capability into uh, the, the program. Uh, I was a fire guy before I was a water guy. And and, I, and uh, ISCRC is is pretty close to uh, finishing their S700 fire damage standard. Uh, Chris, who works with your company, Chris Wisnowski, uh, you know, was a key player in, in, in uh, putting that document together. And I'm just wondering uh, whether you're going to kind of do the same thing that you did with, you know, with water, with that particular standard as well, you know, kind of, you know, reading the standard, seeing how you can incorporate uh, things that would benefit contractors in yeah. the program. We're always looking for ways to incorporate tips uh, as to help them be compliant with the standards, but also use the standards to increase the knowledge of their staff. So uh, you, know, you, you can't train everybody uh, and, uh, because of the, the high turnover, but if we can, in the app, push people to do things that are compliant with the standards, or at least give them uh, triggers to, to do it the right way, uh, we think that's the benefit. And, and they'll learn the right way versus developing bad habits. Uh, so that's what we're always looking at, is how do we encourage the right habits in the field versus the bad habits? And then, of course, uh, we're big on training. So Chris goes out and does a ton of training. We create training videos, quick tip videos. Uh, so, yeah, Chris is close to the S500, the S700, the standards committees and uh, yeah, we love them for it. And I think the industry loves uh, all of the yeah. content that Chris puts out. Yeah. Joe. Oh, I've got a text here that uh, asks what, what are some of the best videos on your site? I don't know if, um, if John maybe could pull up the site while we're, while we're discussing that, they, you know, they want to get an idea. I think of you know, just how the app works and what the ins and outs are. Is there, are there good videos on your site that can tell us that? Yeah, there are a couple. Uh, it's hard to convey everything because it's a pretty comprehensive platform. So you can look through the features on our website for sure uh, under the uh, the platform. Or if, even if you just scroll down on the main page there, there's going to be, uh, it's a long page. So you can, if you keep going down, there's all of your details okay. if you want to click into them. Okay. We went past them, John. Here we go. Uh, okay. Or just up one too. You've got some others. So that's the floor plan one. Well, so that's the one that really signing. gets my interest, uh, Paul. Um, 
What other industries, if any, are you looking to focus on next? I can see the construction industry maybe using some of this to to assist with, their, especially those that are dealing with insurance repair. Um, is that a big part of what you guys do now? You know, our roadmap is uh, five years long, and it's still focused on the restoration contractor and adjuster. Uh, we're we're in Canada, U.S., U.K., and Australia, and I actually think uh, we've got customers in probably forty different countries that we tell them we don't support those countries, so you're on your own. But uh, We've got customers all over the world because this is a universal problem that we're solving. It's not unique to North America by any standard. So uh, making it easy to comply with the the insurance company's requirements uh, and and, and providing that transparency and then driving efficiency in the claim cycle because contractors are waiting way too long to get paid. But it all comes down to documentation. There's so many problems to solve here that... uh, well, I'd like to be able to move into other industries. This is the one we're 100% focused on. Gotcha. You know, I'm wondering, too, like there are uh, companies out there that focus on assisting restoration contractors with just their billing, let's say. Um, are you kind of – will they need those companies anymore if they're using Encircle? Yeah, so we're a field documentation platform that feeds into job management and those other systems. So think of it as – we're the front end that ensures you get paid because without documentation. So the old adage is if you didn't document it, it didn't happen. So we want to make sure that it gets documented, but documented in a way that stands up in a court of law that validates your estimate, your invoice, and all of the other processes uh, moving it forward, helping drive efficiency and helps you manage your own business because most of your costs are in the field. Are you operating efficiently in the field? Are you are your your people trained to the right levels? And you know, even when it comes down to our environmental uh, insurance companies, want to see restoration contractors putting less waste in the landfills. Uh, how do you document that? These are all things that Encircle is going to help restoration contractors do uh, to be compliant and truly serve the the insurance industry, which isn't going away. Property uh, claims are they're going to continue to increase as our population does. Cliff, do you want to do one more before uh, we go to the roundup? I think it's good to get to the roundup pretty early today. Yeah. Yeah. uh, No problem. Um, What I'd like to do is uh, ask really how it would be. There are certain companies that are just contents only, you know, they they just restore contents and how would they uh, be utilizing this? Yeah. I mean, I think we're one of the most, if not the most popular contents platform for documenting. So uh, for the packup process, I don't think you can be uh, in circle um, simply for the speed and ease of use, because that's literally what we were designed to do right from the beginning is to have a, an uneducated policyholder do it. So we really focused on that ease of use and fast workflow and then instantly be able to generate a non-restorable, restorable list. Uh, and then upload that into exact or other estimating uh, systems. Uh, so they would want so, to take a picture of every item uh, in, in terms of when they pack it out and put in yep. the information. What about when they get to the plan and, and they begin to actually you know, process these things? Do they still uh, utilize the, the, the system at that particular point or, or not so much? You know, many to document do. the rest of the Because 
you know, many, many, uh, many leverage that uh, in Circle 4, even when they get to the plan, because you can move it between, move content between boxes, you can move it into storage units, lockers, uh, store on site, all of that can be tracked. Uh, but if you're looking for really tracking it through the whole cleaning process, uh, there are other platforms uh, that do that and uh, and do it quite confidently. So th th this is, and, and now you're starting to get into how complex this industry is and where do you draw the line and then integrate. I'm a big believer in integration. Um, a lot of contractors view you know, the cost of these systems as a cost. I tend to view it as an investment. If you look at, uh, even in Circle, we're you know, 100 people strong, uh, but we spend you know, $1.4 million on systems. Uh, and we do that because there's a huge return on investment that allows us to scale when we have the right systems that are integrated. Uh, it's, uh, it's just the day and age we live in. And if we don't have systems to be able to manage the data flow and manage our operations, you won't be able to leverage AI. And AI is going to rock everybody's world. Uh, that genie is not going back in the bottle. And insurance companies are, the, as I said, the largest buyers of, uh, of data. They, they're a financial institution. They're driven off of data. They will be leveraging AI as they are now, even more so at every level of their organization. So the first imperative is that you've got accurate defensible data. The next step is that you've got systems that allow you, you to leverage AI to drive efficiency as well before it moves to the carrier. Paul, before we go to the roundup, I just uh, I wonder if you could quickly give us an idea of how this is priced for, you know, you've got a wide range of restoration contractors, some, you know, one truck guys, you've got uh, multi city, multi facility groups, um, you know, um, you've got people like Cliff said that just do. Uh, contents, you've got people, you know, how, how do you handle the pricing of the app for different groups? Yeah, we price it on a per job basis, but I mean, it's factored on a per job, but on a subscription basis. But think about it in terms of it's an all-in price. You get everything for, uh, for one price uh, and it factors in on how many jobs you do a year. So we can work with the smallest of contractors to the largest it scales because it's based on jobs, right? So it's not that you do 30 million a year. It's, it doesn't matter how many jobs you do, it scales uh, uh, in both uh, quadrants on, on price and usage. Now, now, when you say jobs, the number of jobs or the price of the jobs? No, number of jobs. So we no. don't care what the price of the size of the job because what we found with res restoration contractors is it all evens out over the year. And so okay. what they just need to know is, hey, I've got n number of jobs that came in. I got a high capacity event. I can't worry about what's it going to cost to add this person? What's it going to cost to do this job? We just keep it drop dead simple and highly cost effective. Very good. Uh, John, let's go to the roundup. Thanks to Tramex Meters for being our sponsor of the Roundup. Uh, let, why don't we bring in Chris Rosnowski first, John, and then we'll get to the Restoration Global Watchdog, Pete Consigli. But, um, Chris, if you're on there, I, I'm curious, um, 
is there anything you'd add on to, you know, that, that you'd like to jump in and add on to or, or uh, maybe further explain for our audience? Yeah, you know what, Paul Paul does a great job of, uh, of selling in a circle. Unfortunately, uh, I'm out of focus here. And he really pushed the... Uh, the thought when you're when you're in fire and flood and you're in contents and you're in water damage, you've got so much going on and so many different jobs that are coming into the business that when you start to focus on that field documentation, uh, getting the reports out quickly, getting communication with the adjusters in place, all of that speed and transparency results in getting those checks faster. We've proven it time after time. You know, I'm, I'm assuming you're the guy, you know, Paul's the, the guy that came from the, the tech world, and you must be the guy that came from the real uh, – no, I, I shouldn't say the real world, but let's say <laughs> it, the real world, out there, you know, pulling that nasty wet carpet out and all that stuff. What's your background, Chris? Yeah, my background – so, um, tr- you know, RIA trainer, uh, worked in management with a bunch of great companies and uh, as large as, as $45 million a year in a single branch down to – uh, running my own shop. So yeah, it's lot, lots of field time, lots of time management, managing teams. And then the last uh, 10, 12 years have been uh, training and consulting. You've even got the look of the field guy. I mean, uh, the broad <laughs> shoulders to carry stuff out with, but uh, let's, let's get the restoration industry, global watchdog, Pete Consigli. Pete. Well, uh, good job, Paul. You know, I, I, um, I the one thing, the, the, the integration process is really slow, isn't it? Uh, I know that you got a lot going on uh, with the CoreLogic and uh, Verisic Exactware, you know, and other other programs. So a couple things I'd like you to talk about. Talk Besides the two matching 800-pound gorillas, which is probably CoreLogic and, and Verisic, and obviously there are others, um, who else are you working with or who else is on your radar, you know, uh, I don't really want you to, you don't need to expound on, uh, even though we pride ourselves as being a hard hitting 60 minute show, we don't like to throw our guests under the bus. So I'm not going to say, well, who are the guys who really don't want to play well in the sandbox or everybody else? But, you know, talk about just what's going on in that regard. How can the industry work closer together? What do you think the chances are that it will so that for the greater good, you know, we can raise all the ships in the harbor? That's one thing. And then the other thing specifically, as you see, I got this moisture map cap, you know, where are things at and what kind of timeline do you think with all the remote monitoring? You know, the remote monitoring stuff now is kind of the new kid on the block, uh, which has now gone beyond the moisture mapping and a lot of those early stage programs, which were often very tedious. Um, and But, you know, it's kind of tiptoeing its way through to figure out how is it going to integrate with everything else. So those are the two, the two big things, I guess, uh, in some context I'd, I'd like you to, to address, however you feel comfortable. Yeah, and, and going back, this is a complex industry that requires multiple systems. Uh, integration is absolutely critical. Um, you've got the large incumbents that you mentioned, and nice thing is, we, you know, we fought against them for you know first eight years of Encircle, or for, fought to get our market share. Didn't fight against them, but fought to get our market share. And uh, I think now uh, field documentation has become. Uh, uh, known and something that people need to do. And that's kind of pushed the 800-pound grills to say, hey, we need to integrate. We need this data. We can't continue to have insufficient data if our platform is going to be valuable. Uh, and you're starting to see that across the industry is that integration 
needs to happen because we all need to have data and none of that, the whole data set does not sit in any one platform. And so uh, there, there's this coopetition idea and I'm really excited for where it's going because we have to be customer focused, not internally focused with our closed walls, but customer focused to make sure that we're getting the data and compiling it in a way that's delivering value to both, to all the constituents. So the ability to utilize AI to make the restorers business better, to make the independent adjusting firm better, to make the uh, insurance company better, uh, we, we can accomplish that without ha having any biases if we integrate across these platforms and do it right. So that's number one. That's happening. I'm super excited. And this industry should continue to push for it because you're the customer. You pay for it. Demand it from your vendors. Um, when you get into uh, remote monitoring, I think that's a really exciting space simply because uh, documenting water uh, losses is tough. It's, you know, the individuals on site are moving heavy equipment. They're dealing with inclement situations. To have to document it is a painful exercise. If you can automatically pull it off of the equipment or off of sensors, that's a big deal. That's a time savings uh, increases accuracy and uh, and reduces human error, which we do see in water documentation. Uh, so uh, I see that taking off. The problem is there's an expense to the restore. They have to invest in it. So I think there's going to be some time, but I think that time is good for all of the vendors like Encircle, like Dryuse, like Phoenix and others to really find out where the world-class capabilities are within that and how we truly serve the restore with remote monitoring. Because it's not just, again, one system. It's multiple systems that have to talk to each other to really deliver the value to the restore and then make it price competitive. Make sure that it's something that they can make the investment in their business and get a 10x refi uh, financial return on, which is kind of yeah. the, the standard. So the thing that I want to follow up on that is that um, when you were talking to this part of the interview, you kind of casually mentioned indoor air quality, maybe because the name of the show is IQA Radio. But the fact of the matter is, is that the, the overlap between restoration, remediation guys, drying guys, reconstruction guys, and the whole indoor air quality space, it, it, it overlaps a lot. Yeah. And, um, and so I, it's my belief you haven't really talked about what kind of service Encircle may be able to provide in the indoor air quality space. You know, certainly as listeners of our show, we have a pretty good mix between restoration and indoor air quality. But in regard to the remote monitoring, one of the areas where I see that it could be going is once you can capture data uh, or information in the drying sector, there's no reason why you couldn't get it, in my opinion, in the indoor air quality sector it's just different particles uh, different tracking methods all of that and these mold assessors and indoor air quality guys have been doing that through a variety of uh, diagnostic tools for quite a while so where do you see that somehow becoming part of in circles mission if you would and and the, the bigger larger industry mission of total integration where the indoor air quality sector the restoration sector, they kind of start to come closer together because they overlap so much and they, and their impact, they impact the insurance industry, the property managers, the government, all the people that are dealing with disasters, they're, they're, 
they're they're not as separated as they were years ago. They they they're really they're on they're on on they're on each sector's radar. Let's put it that way. So talk about that a little, Paul. If you got some comments and something you could share with the audience on that. Yeah, you're you're absolutely right that they share a lot in common. And with our hydro platform, there's no reason why we can't service the mold assessors, the indoor air quality, because they're taking readings. So you're capturing readings. A lot of times it's due to a wet or flooded environment, uh, but there's no reason why uh, hydro couldn't be expanded. And actually, we're looking at that and something that Chris has been on me uh, for probably a couple of years on now. <laughs> but uh, you, you've got to pick your uh, your battles, which was the restoration contractor. But the you know, the goal is to expand hydro to include uh, those other uh, readings. Uh, yeah, which... well, that, that that's good to know. I mean, like from Cliff and my perspective, we're glad you're focusing in on the restoration stuff first because that's who we are. But, uh, you know, but we, well, heck, Cliff told me we're, we're, we're inducted into the IQA uh, Hall of Fame. And me and Cliff, I think we're the only two people in the industry that are honorary members of RAA and that. So, you know, we, we uh, you know, we feel very honored and we take a lot of pride in that, that, that uh, those industries have recognized us for the work that we've done. But I think, um, I think the indoor air quality stuff is next. So I think Cliff, um, uh, Chris is right, you know, but. Cliff, you know, him and a lot of his fellow instructor friends, they, they're like pit bulls with dogs with the bone in their mouth. And once they get that bone in there, they're not going to let go. And, you know, the thing that I always say, Paul, and, uh, you know, maybe uh, I think you're probably going to agree with this. We only have so much bandwidth. We only have so much money. We only have so much resources. We only have so many things that we can do. And you have to basically the main thing first and then kind of there's a pecking order in life. And, um, I think you got the pecking order right in circle for whatever that's worth. Thanks. Now, the indoor air quality group still needs to document. So, and video documentation is a perfect way to explain. So, while I say hydro doesn't track, you know, sort of the mold readings, but, uh, or the mold tests, certainly you can document it in photos, videos, notes, and, uh, and other details and instantly generate reports, which could save a lot of time. Yeah, Pete, you're, you're actually looking at some – I think it's a really interesting time that's coming up. You've got a bunch of stuff that's uh, in the different companies that are building those uh, moisture sensors. Uh, you're getting things uh, built on board on the equipment themselves. Phoenix, uh, Dryees are building stuff right into the equipment. You'll have capabilities of turning equipment off and setting uh, settings up within those units so that they, they can be programmed differently than maybe they're being used now. Like you look at the next three to five years uh, as these technologies emerge, there's going to be a real difference in how we document the jobs in the field, but also how you control the jobs, how you set them up. You can set venting up uh, on a, a parameter. So if a temperature hits, well, now you have sensors on site that when the temperature hits, you can purge a, a purge your system. And that's different. That's, that's unique, but now it's becoming where the technology is in your hand. And I think that's the difference from some of the older systems that had some of those capabilities. You had to log into computers. Now you're going to be able to do it from almost anywhere. Yeah. Well, well that's a good point, Chris. I, uh, <laughs> you know, the whole idea of doing logging, that's been around for years in the industry. We used to years ago before the mainstream suppliers had it, we used to get the data loggers from Granger and places like that. We put them on sites and big commercial jobs, and they had little sketchy screens and discs that we do. Well, that's all archaic now, just like fax machines and things of that nature. But uh, everything is going cloud-based. 
And like I said, once the moisture and the water, which is the most ubiquitous of, you know, the claims that are going to hit the insurance adjuster and the contractor's desk, um, this into air quality, because these guys have been tracking this stuff and writing reports and doing all those kinds of things for years. And I think they're going to they're going to be right on this. So that that's a in my mind is a, it's a big open pathway for Encircle and, you know, other suppliers of the industry to kind of go down. Paul, I got one final question for you, and uh, maybe Chris may or may not comment on that, and then I'll turn it back over to the boys. Um, so when you talked about the uh, T&M suite, that, that's the program that, that uh, now is under Verisic, correct? Uh, so Verisic is coming up with uh, time and material. You've got uh, Sedgwick with T&M uh, Flow, I believe they're creating. So we're yeah. not integrated there yet. They haven't launched it, but the plan is for uh, to integrate with that when that goes live. Uh, so, yeah. So, uh, is that, so is that, I guess my question is, is that, uh, Tina, is that a, a competitor to uh, the, 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 was it Verisic or Cedric? That, which one bought the, the Greg Dillon that program? Because he had that, he had that for a long that, time. That was Sedgwick. Sedgwick oh, okay. uh, bought T&M Pro. So what's happening is uh, Verisic now, which bought exact where they're coming out with a comparable product in the T&M space. Is that? Yeah. Yeah. And our goal is to be able to work with either. Yeah. Well, no, that part I, I understand because you guys are as close to Switzerland as you can get. Um, <laughs> the, uh, now, the reason I bring that up is I believe that the anyone who knows me for a while know I'm a, I've been a T&M advocate for years. And I think that um, the uh, the industry software and estimating programs has been very weak, in my opinion, generally speaking, in capturing T&M stuff uh, and capturing, um, uh, well, for a long time, contents. They've kind of caught up with the contents area now. They really lagged in that. You know, initially, it was just all construction related. And then all the restoration stuff came in and, uh, you know, that's expanding now. And of course, now they have to deal with the remote monitoring and all the new things that are coming along. But the T&M, I think, is big because, uh, you know, that's been the mainstay on a lot of these commercial projects and the cat zone projects for years. And uh, it was difficult and it was clumsy and uh, it was uh, cumbersome, if you would, if you didn't have a good program. You know, the T&M stuff that Greg put out, you know, the original guys that did that going way, way back in the day. Uh, there were companies like Munthers and the big large companies before the industry consolidated, but they were proprietary programs. But all state but way back in the day had property estimating system and state foreign had copy claim. This is before exact wherever it came along. And uh, they were proprietary programs, but the contractors have been around that long used to work with them. And, uh, you know, then in the 90s, you know, I, I had some TM stuff that I advocated for when I was partnering with Dries for many years. And that was all back when we were using floppy disks. But, you know, that's the progression of where it's went. But the one thing I'll say is the general principles for estimating, billing, uh, general cost and markups, that hasn't changed. Those principles are around forever. They'll be around long after we're gone. And, and the big thing is the industry, they need to be educated in that. Uh, I, I think as smart as a lot of guys are today and, and as savvy as they are, I don't think they have an understanding of it, Paul. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe you and Chris can comment as we wrap up the show today. But it seems to me, that just saying, well, we're going to do what this program says or that program, you know, I mean, look, uh, take a door. If you want to have a, a front door installed in a house, maybe it's 2000 okay? Supply and install front door to house, two grand. You could also go to a program like Exactware somewhere else, and you can have, you know, 25 to 35 line items and break out every little part that enters that. 
But the point is, if you don't understand the general principles of how to uh, scope and uh, evaluate and uh, uh, put a reasonable price together that's competitive in the market, explain it to the customers, insurance companies, the homeowners, whoever else is paying, uh, I think you're going to be doomed. And I think this is yeah. the area that 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 encircle helps the restoration contractors. And, and I think you're onto a good thing there. So, uh, yeah. you know, so, any final comments that you or Chris have, and then we'll turn it back to the boys. Yeah, I, I think this is where AI is going to help. If you document cause of loss, resulting damages and work that needs to be done, um, we can leverage uh, AI, which we're already working on, uh, that can break that out, uh, the scope that can be applied to whether you're doing TNM, whether you're doing line item estimating. Let's ex uh, extrapolate the, the complexity of the actual estimating tool and let's focus on making sure the scope is accurate and complete. And then there should be a way to automate it, whatever tool you're, you're using with a final human review for any anomalies. And that should be less than 20% of the overall flow. So I, I think that world's going to get a lot more interesting and, uh, and be in the favor of the restoration contractor with one caveat. If they fully document the loss so that an accurate and detailed scope can be created, then we're going to simplify the estimating side. So you won't see, I believe once we get there, you won't see major delays for estimating on the mitigation or sorry, invoicing on the mitigation side. That's good to know. Chris, you got any final comments? You know, Chris wrote a great paper for his WS paper comparing unit costs to time and material. I was the primary reviewer on it. It was published in CNR. He presented it in Australia and he's done a great job on that. And Chris, uh, all I could do is from the global watchdog, you got a big attaboy for me on that. So why don't you weigh in a couple of deals and then we'll turn it to the boys for final comments and we'll wrap up a great show. Yeah. You know what? So, so rate material has a big opportunity here. You, you, Cliff mentioned earlier the weaponization of information, which goes both ways, right? Restorers can weaponize information and, and same with the carriers. But when you start to look at rate material and using that terminology and then using the supporting evidence that you could pick up in nearly real time, all of a sudden you go from this paper system that is supporting what you did, but not necessarily a direct reflection with an audit capability to having digital tools that are picking up the time that it was actually entered, when people were on site, all the, the different things that you can embed within a digital system that provides that transparency and removes the ability to weaponize one way or another. I think that's that transparency, at least in this case, uh, is, is an advantage to the restorer because so many things happen on a job site where those inefficiencies are built in. And sometimes it looks like, like the job really got out of hand when, the reality is that you have a scope of work that requires the time to actually execute in the field. And you guys know how it is, is when, when you start to actually work on jobs, sometimes you run into those really tough jobs to clean and, and the time just adds up. Well, at least everyone's now able to see how that time started to compound and, and how those costs are reflecting out in, in more of a real-time situation. I think that's, again, the next two to three years is going to be pretty exciting in this space. Yeah. Thank you, Chris. All right, well, good, good job, boys. Cliff, before we go, do you have any final questions or thoughts? No, I don't. I'm good. Guys, that was great. I, I appreciate both uh, both of you for joining us. This is Radio Joe. But uh, you know what? Um, before we go, I always like to give you the last word. Is there anything, Paul, we missed that you'd like to add? Oh, I'd like to thank both you and, uh, and Cliff for uh, having uh, us on the show. I appreciate the opportunity. And uh, you know what? Restoration contractors, indoor air quality, 
having a healthy, vibrant community is dependent upon them. So uh, we're here to support them and uh, it's an exciting environment and we appreciate your support. Thank you for joining us. And Chris, same question. Anything you'd like to add? No, just thanks for having us, guys. Really appreciate it. Always great to have the field guys in here too, you know. we got to keep together, Chris. Anyway, this is Radio Joe You saying thanks to this week's guests, Paul, Paul Donald and Circle, and also Chris Rosnowski for joining us, my co-host, the Z-Man, Cliff Zlotnick, uh, of course, Pete, the Restoration Industries, Global Watchdog, Pete and Sigley. John, you got to have faith at the controls. Most importantly, our loyal audience and our sponsors. We'll be back next Friday at noon. We've got, uh, I think we're going to have Jay David Miller on next week. Um, a real uh, a treat to have him join us one more time here for the next episode of IAQ Radio Plus. For IAQ Radio, I'm Spike Reed saying thanks for listening. 